If you were neglected or abused when you were a kid and you've struggled all your life to feel like you truly are included in groups, I have something important for you to know. That is a trauma symptom. Feeling like you don't belong. It could happen to anyone, but it's especially common in people who didn't receive adequate time and love and connection from their parents. I want you to know this is normal and also that healing this is possible. Hey, it's Anna here, just taking a little pause to talk about getting help when you're having a rough time. There are a lot of things you can try and one of them is online therapy through BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And those are very good things because finding a therapist can be really hard. BetterHelp makes it easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist who meets your criteria. And when you click the special link that I'm gonna give you, it not only helps this podcast, but it gets you 10% off your first month of therapy. So you can connect with a therapist, see what happens, and if anything feels like it's not a fit, which is common in therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. No stress about insurance or who's in your network or anything like that. So if you're struggling and you need to talk to a human, try BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash C-C-F. C-C-F stands for Crappy Childhood Fairy. That's betterhelp.com slash ccf. There's also a link in the episode description if you need it. That might be easier. Thanks for sponsoring us, BetterHelp. Now, back to the show. How do you feel when you try to take part in a group? It's super common for those of us who grew up with abuse and neglect to feel as adults that we're somehow not quite part of things, where you feel like you're on the outside of groups sort of in it, but mostly on the outside. Traumatized people describe it as feeling phony or like a fraud or like there's a glass wall around them or a membrane or they just hate it or they have to fake it. But it's still, most of us have the desire to feel like we belong. And the worst of it is in many cases we could belong, but the way that groups agitate us and fill us up with fear makes us pull away. Do you have this? where you start as a full participant, but then withdraw over time. You uninclude yourself. I've done this so many times, and in my mind, at the time anyway, I can justify it. You know, they suck. I, this is not the right group for me. They, they don't get me, I'm not like them. But in the end, withdrawing from everything leaves you lonely. And participating in groups is a big way that we fulfill our need for meaning in our lives. So even when you justify pulling away from people, it never stops hurting. And maybe you're resigned to the fact that groups are not for you, but that would be a terrible loss. The feeling of belonging with other people is a real need that all people have psychologically and emotionally. It's not a weakness. Lions have it, wolves have it. Strong people need a feeling of belonging too. So you might be still trying and trying, joining groups, getting uncomfortable or feeling excluded, and you might be excluded, that does happen. But when you feel excluded no matter what and then drop out again, there it is. Maybe you think in each case that the problem is the other people and sometimes it could be true, it really could. But the telltale sign that this could be a personal choice even when it doesn't feel like it is that you're 
almost always at about the same distance from the center of the group. And by that, I mean every group has a center, right? A leader or a couple of people who are at the very middle and all around them are the people who put a lot of time and energy into the group. And a little further out are the people who are a little less involved. They're influential maybe, they're involved, but not so much. And then at the periphery, there's like people who are barely involved. In my case, I used to always like to settle about four-fifths of the way out from the center. And I was invited to the party, so to speak, but I wouldn't take part in making the party happen, and I'd feel alienated. I'd start out motivated and thinking, you know, this time is going to be different. I finally found my people. I want to be involved with this. And then I'd take an active role, like volunteering to help organize a big fundraiser for my kids' school. And, you know, thinking temporarily, now all the moms will be my friend, right? But with my childhood PTSD symptoms, I was really uncomfortable in groups where people were normal or people I considered normal anyway. It was loaded with emotional triggers for me. And sooner or later, usually sooner, I would find some reason to pull back. I might go to about halfway out of the circle first, but eventually I'd quit the group. Being part of something was, and in some areas of my life still is, kind of stressful for me. And I understand better now why. In the past, I used to think my trouble with groups was just one episode of bad luck after another. The wrong mom's group, the wrong co-workers, the wrong 12-step friends, the wrong boyfriend. There really is such a thing as the wrong people, right? But for me, there was this pattern and I wanted those friends and then I pulled away and I'd think, you know, I guess I'm just really unique and I never saw that it was a consistent pattern until I had a lot of healing from dysregulation and started to have some clarity. Now, if you're new to my channel, dysregulation, specifically neurological dysregulation, it's the core trauma wound from childhood that can drive so many other symptoms that you might be experiencing. And not a lot of people talk about it. It's basically an injury to your nervous system resulting from neglect, mostly abuse and neglect when you were small. When you're under stress, which is, you know, a lot of social interactions for people who have CPTSD, your brain waves and emotions will go out of sync. So there's some symptoms you don't really feel as a result, but they're very strong. Some you can feel like you feel spaced out or discombobulated or clumsy, or you might have over the top emotions where you know, instead of feeling like a bit hurt or offended can turn into you lashing out or feeling like you just have to pull away. Dealing with a lot of people can be like an assault on your senses, really, and it gets really emotional. It's like a high school experience that never ends, I always say. So it's hard to function well when you feel that way and when your nervous system is dysregulated. So unconsciously, we're pretty motivated to avoid dysregulation. It messes everything up. In many cases, that's why there is this urge to pull away from people in groups. Childhood PTSD is not the same thing as introversion, but I suspect there are similarities in that being social with people can take more energy than it gives because you're just working so hard with CPTSD to act normal, to deal with everybody. Pulling away from groups works in the short term. You can stay regulated, but in some important ways, cutting yourself off from other people is going to block you from having a happy and fulfilling life. 
And I know some of you will insist you want nothing to do with other people. And if that's true, there's no need for you to watch this video. This is for people who struggle to participate with other people, but who want the tools and support to do it better, who want what that can bring into their lives, want to feel at ease with it. You know, we need people. We need them on a practical level and we need relationships if we're going to start healing the wounds of trauma. And these wounds are largely relational wounds in the first place. They affect your nervous system, but they were caused by what happened between you and other people. So the healing needs to happen before you have social relationships, yes, but also within social relationships, the healing needs to happen. The little interactions is where you get to practice what you're learning and where you get nourished emotionally. And even though sometimes there's pain involved, there's criticism, there's rejection, there's genuinely being different in a group where everyone else seems to feel connected, but that can get easier. Like everyone else, you need a sense of belonging. So it's natural that you'd gravitate to groups, but toward the outer edges at first. It's a little more manageable. You can be around people and be social a little bit, but just keep one foot out the door in case you need to get the heck out of there. And it's okay to do that. Healthy groups have roles and space for many kinds of people. And it's okay not to participate fully, you know, for a while or forever. Life would be great if you could keep going like this, soaking up the feeling of belonging in the group, <laughs> but not risking your emotions and not getting too involved. The problem is that relationships that are all on the periphery of groups make it really hard to develop meaning in your life. You need some friction. You need some contact with people to develop social skills. And that's one big area where I teach people who are healing from past trauma. Everyone needs contact. Staying on the periphery keeps contact shallow. That's what we want at first. That's how we can keep from setting off old triggers. But shallow connections take a toll. The connectedness we crave is more like a future fantasy when you're just surrounded by shallow relationships. If you're doing that, then in the present, you're still isolating. And then what starts is a kind of delay in your development that can become a full-on deficiency. And next thing you know, you're getting more isolated than ever. And that is how it happens. By playing it safe, you stay stuck. You need to be taking some risks to grow your comfort zone a little wider. There are normal ups and downs involved in having friends and being part of groups. If you're not continuously growing through experiencing the normal ups and downs of being in friendships and groups, you risk not only not being included anymore, but you can start to get very hard to include. And what it is, and this will sound harsh, but avoiding people leads to self-centeredness. Not sharing yourself with other people is an emergency protection measure. It's not a way to live your whole life. The possibility of connecting with people is all around us. There are so many ways that you can begin to, you know, take an action in this way. If somebody has a potluck, bring something, or you can join a choir, or take a quilting class, or invite friends out for a hike. When you show up for people in your life, you grow less fragile and more flexible and more connected and more included. And yes, it's demanding to be included. <laughs> isolation sounds so peaceful as an option, but if you allow isolation to take root long term, it will take over and your very worst traits will have this huge fertile space to take root. People in isolation grow crabbier, they grow more self-centered, 
they grow more bitter, they grow more paranoid. And then it gets harder to turn the ship back towards connection again, because you've gotten too eccentric, too awkward. I've called this before turning weird on YouTube, and some people complain they feel like that's too harsh, but I can certainly say for me, I get weird in isolation. And I don't mean good weird. Have you ever felt this beginning to happen to you? Have you seen it in other people? I really noticed this in myself when lockdown was ending and I started being able to hang out with people again. And I was rough on the edges. I angered easily, I was edgy, I complained a lot, I could hear myself and I, I didn't feel like it sounded right. So take your alone time, that's called solitude, and then keep chipping away at your capacity to stay connected, work on it. I know many of you watching this video are there right now wondering if any change is possible or worth it. And I just wanna tell you, yes, it is worth it and it's possible. You just start with one small action. You show up. And I teach a bunch of ways you can do this in my Connection Bootcamp, which is like a 30-day online course that helps you keep taking positive actions each day and develop new skills very slowly to have good relationships. You can check that out in the links in the description section below any of my videos anytime. But take a shower, put on your coat, go say hello to some people, go back to a group you used to like, pay a visit to a friend who you've been neglecting, sign up for uh, you know some community activity, um, a, a cancer walk, a litter cleanup day, a blood drive, Whatever people around you are doing to get together, that's why they're doing it too. Doing something positive together brings them together and makes them feel connected. If you do one thing like this every other day, doesn't have to be a huge thing, in a couple of weeks, you'll find yourself included again. You'll feel it and people will begin to invite you to things. It might take time, but the need to be included is not just a weakness, it's primal. We're born into community and as much as we may wanna escape it sometimes and be independent, we never can escape, not really. And evolutionary biologists will tell you it's a survival strategy so that you have warmth and food and protection from predators and all that stuff. But it's not just physical or evolutionary. Inclusion is just as important for the growth and development of your being for your intellect, for your spirit, for your maturity, because without inclusion in human relationships, the blossoming of your, the whole you, the process of becoming your real self gets arrested. It can't fully happen. So fulfillment can't come to you in those circumstances. Being included and connected is also important for your physical health, your brain health, your immune system, your endocrine system. Being included creates a support system of people who care about you and who can come to your aid if you're broke or lonely or feeling like your life is falling apart. Some of you have heard the story. I had years in my life when I was in and out of the hospital and had no one to pick me up. It was devastating. It was a real wake-up call. You're not meant to go through all that alone. You've probably done it before, but Let's just say right now that you should never have to go through life's hardships alone. Not ever again. And healing can bring that connection back to you. One-on-one -on -one relationships are one thing, they're good. And if you have childhood PTSD, those can be just as hard as being part of a group. You need both. I know it feels hard. And that's because it is hard. But keep trying, keep participating. 
the reward for doing this work is that you get to be included. And included is secretly where we all want to be. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs in the episode description below or on my website, crappychildhoodfairy.com. If you're going through a hard time and you need online therapy, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. They're easy and affordable and they can connect you with someone you choose within a few days. And if you use this special URL, you not only help this channel, but you get 10% off your first month of therapy. So go to betterhelp.com slash CCF, as in Crappy Childhood Fairy. That's betterhelp.com slash CCF. And remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.